Hi friends, welcome back to Sober Curious Adventures. I'm your host, Christina, and today we have Cousin Lala back for round two. So before I start this podcast, I do want to put a warning out there. We're going to be talking about some heavy things today and the threat to my sobriety. I know it's only been 13 days, but I really feel like smoking. I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I keep telling myself I'm halfway there. Halfway there. Hey, Cousin Lala. Hey, Cousin. I, too, am also halfway there. And the urge to smoke is still there, although maybe not as prevalent as yours. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about what triggered yours today. But I am here to listen. Hmm. I guess on this journey, I realized that I was going to go through a whole spectrum of emotions, but I didn't realize how self-isolation does not help within sobriety. And also talking to people who don't know you're going through a sober journey. So I was, I, I hate this word, I really do. I was triggered earlier today. Yeah, I, I really was. It was so stupid. It's not even, it's not a stupid thing. It's just, I don't know. We talk about my family a lot, but I, sometimes I feel like my family's toxic and then I feel guilty for feeling that way. Yeah, like it, it's ingrained in our culture and I know it is, but sometimes I just don't want to be a part of it anymore. Because people, not even people, like Filipino people always feel like, hey, you have, you owe them, like you owe them, like you owe them from the heart. That's how the saying goes in English. But sometimes my heart is not there. Like, I know before we started this journey, we talked about suicide <laughs> and unaliving ourselves or myself in particular. And I said, the goal of this life this particular life is not to kill myself. So I I don't know. Like, I know I won't do it. But I have strong thoughts of passive, like, suicidal ideation. And sometimes I think that's a coping skill. Because even before I was smoking, like, I struggled with that. I really did. And a lot of people don't know that. But now you know. <laughs> and that's... I guess that's one of the reasons why I work in the mental health field. So lately I feel like, I feel like it's affecting me. Like being sober has been affecting me. Like I can't do my job properly because, you know, I have people trauma dumping on me all the time and that's okay. Like I'm okay with that. I know what I signed up for, but who therapies the person who gives the therapy? Like, I've been struggling with that idea for the past few days now. And I'm I'm sorry if I'm being emotional. I know we're not that kind of people, but I, I really wanted to focus on honesty. And if we're being honest with myself, I I don't know. Sometimes I don't picture myself here. But I don't think I'm going to, you know, I don't have the will to do it. I just think about it. Yeah, this is a this is a very heavy topic, and I can't say necessarily that I can relate 
Um, although I do relate to the feeling of helplessness um, on this sober journey. And I guess I'll kick it back to you. Have you been keeping up with that journal, that diary of like how you're feeling? Because I feel like it, it's very interesting that you pointed out that, um, you know, you felt this way before you started smoking and you, you, you still feel it after. If you, if you can clarify for me, did you, did you feel that while you're smoking or do you feel like um, those feelings are kind of uh, pushed aside by, uh, by being high? I think being high numbs a lot of things. So, you know, I've, I've always, I don't know, honestly. No, I know. I, I just don't want to admit it. I've always struggled with those kinds of feelings, but I knew I would never act on them. But pertaining to cannabis and, you know, dealing with issues or not dealing with issues, I like the fact that I know if I smoke, I won't have to feel anything. So I know we talked about this like last podcast about dreaming and how I was terrified to dream. Like, I don't have that fear anymore, but I don't I don't care. I don't care to dream still. I don't care to think about my life. I just, I lived so long just being, you know what I mean? Just going through the motions that I became so used to that. And now that I have to deal with my emotions, it's overwhelming. And and living is kind of terrifying in that sense. Not that I want to die. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't know how to handle emotions. I think that's where I'm getting to. I, I don't know how to handle... I don't have coping skills. I always tell people, oh, you have coping skills. No, like, I don't have coping skills. My coping skill was to go home and black out. So now that I'm here halfway through, I'm finding it very hard to follow through. Like, I don't know. I didn't... <laughs> Before you got here, I went through my doobie ashtray and I picked out the biggest doobies I can find. And I lit one up and I just watched it burn. Like I wanted to smoke it so bad. But then I was like, what, what's the point? It's been sitting in the rain. Do I want to ruin what I've done? Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we're going to be honest. I do want to ruin what I've done. I don't want to feel emotions anymore. And the, I think that's something I have to work out. So, yeah. Yeah, not to get too personal, but I know the situation you're in with your family and you know you're you've kind of elaborated that your job you have to take on other people's trauma dumping and it's it's quite hard especially if you haven't like you said developed the methods or the tools to cope and i feel like this is um this is part of the the journey or the adventure if you will of being sober is is going through life without that filter and feeling all the, the sharp edges of life. And yeah, it is, um, it is a bit terrifying. I mean, mind you, again, we're coming off of, um, a decade of, of sort of nonstop cannabis use. You know, for me, it's not quite a full decade. Um, 
you know, I took actually about two years off, but that's besides the point. Um, cause I feel like we are in the same boat that I don't know how to necessarily cope, um, with being sober and, and dealing with the challenges that life hurls at you. Uh, for example, I am, yeah, I'm still, I'm currently unemployed and I'm coming up on my 30th birthday in a couple months and and that that thought kind of it really does terrify me and yeah how do I how do I cope with that how have I been coping with that um I've been starting new habits I've been going to the gym um watching what I eat and are these are these true coping mechanisms it doesn't honestly it doesn't quite feel like it if I'm being honest with myself I know that they are orienting me in the path of success but I don't feel that immediate comfort because you know like going to the gym it's it's kind of delayed gratification and um, same thing with eating cleaner uh, if anything it's it's they're the opposite of, of comfort um, and that was that was the great thing about weed is you could immediately indulge and you could forget and you know, exploring this side of, um, of being sober, it's, man, what has it taught me? It's, if I really, if I really look at it, it it's taught me that I, I do have that self-control, that capacity to say no, um, even though it's, it's ever present, you know, um, yeah, my life is, isn't where I want it to be right now, and, I feel like if I smoke weed, it, I could forget about it a little more, but, you know, I'm, I'm still committed to, to not smoking. Um, I guess to bring it back a little bit more to, to your situation, um, you know, self-deletion or, um, I don't know if we could say the S word, but we'll just keep it at, uh, unaliving yourself. Sure. I've, um, I've contemplated in the, uh, the intellectual sense um, but I can't say I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and, and, and say that I, um, I feel the same. Um, but it, it's okay. It's okay to not feel that way. Like, you know, wanting to unalive yourself. Like, I don't know, you know, I've been, I've adapted a healthier lifestyle. I've taken up, you know, running and I want to run a half marathon just a half, just a taste. But I also run to death cap for cutie. So I don't know how healthy that is. And I've also learned recently that anytime I'm inconvenienced, I just want to go for a run. So I don't know if I am coping or if I'm just using, I've just moved on to a new habit. Like, can you have bad I think you can have bad habits like that because when we talk about our healthy, our new healthy lifestyle, like I've been doing OMAD, but I have recently found myself punishing myself. So if I don't run, like literally the next day I won't eat. So I think we're going into mental illness now. 
but yeah, we'll, we'll hold that thought. But I do want to ask if anyone has any great tips on how to not, you know, try to smoke or not bring yourself back to that place. I'd greatly appreciate it because we are in, I feel like I'm in some of the darkest parts of this journey. And mind you, it's only been 13 days. So I don't know how people can go, you know, 60 days, 90 days, half a year, a year indefinite and so I'm always gonna you know I'm always gonna go back and say I'm sober curious I don't think I can live life sober and that's that's my truth right now well I guess I'll take it back to the time in my life where I was sober Um, so I was working in a pharmaceutical job and yeah I got clean so I could test um, test for the position um, and I stayed clean for a little over two years. And I'll be honest, during those two years, it was like the opposite. I was like, I was high curious. I was like, um, I was always wanting to, I don't know, get that feeling back. And it never left my mind. Uh, if I, if I try hard and think back to those days, um, and, and all honestly, those times were, I had a steady job and I was kind of on autopilot. Um, Yeah, I didn't have to, in in, in my mind, I didn't have an option to smoke because they would randomly drug test. So it does help that you have, you're kind of quote unquote forced into that mode of living. But yeah, I was in the back of my, in my mind, I, you know, I was like, yeah, I, what is it going to be like when I smoke again? Because I, I, I knew I was going to smoke again, but um, just not during uh, my time at that job. And I honestly quite looked forward to the first time I smoked. I thought it would be, you know, with that reset, um, smoking for the first time again. Um, and looking back on those years in the pharmacy, they were, I mean, honestly, they were pretty it was a pretty dull time. It's not that I was, um, dull is the best way I could describe it. Um, do you feel like you were chasing, chasing a high? Because, you know, as I, as I think about my years of doing this, I always think of the first time, like not the first time, but like the, the, like, you know how they say, okay, your first time smoking, you you don't really feel it. And I believe that for a long time because I don't reference the first time I smoke when I think about that first elation, the first feeling of being elated. I think of the second time I smoked. Like, I remember the strain. It was cherry pie kush. I was with another cousin. He who should not be named. <laughs> we can name him, but I don't. Honestly, I don't know what's happening in his life right now, so I don't want to. I don't want him to find this and be like, "Oh my god," you know, because because that was you know the cousin that I had went to when I I needed things, things as in bud when I needed bud. I didn't have a connect. Like I talk about that all the time. How I would come home on the weekends, and either my brother would have it, but then I was also working on the weekends. So I was fully capable of acquiring my own things. I just didn't have that connect. And then 
for some reason, my older cousin was hanging around, or our older cousin was hanging around, and boom, into the lifestyle. But now I don't have, you know, I've cut off everyone, like, everyone who can connect me to things. Because when I, when we started, I, I made sure to get rid of those numbers, or hide them at least, like, I wrote them down, but they're not in my phone. So I cut off that accessibility. But now I'm stuck in this. I'm stuck in a rut where I'm thinking like, oh, am I a high functioning addict? Like, that's a thing, being a high functioning addict. But then there's another thing. I forgot the other saying. You can have a high functioning high. There you go. High functioning high and a high functioning addict. So I think I'm beyond the point of a high-functioning high. Like, I started off saying I don't know who I am sober. I still don't know who I am, but I'm starting to realize if this is who I am, I don't like it, like, at all. So I don't I don't think you're going through that right now. I mean, if you are, like, I'm going to pass the mic to you. Yeah, I'm definitely, I wouldn't say I'm going through that right now, but I would... Say I can relate to the um, the admission of a, of being a high uh, being a high functioning addict. Um, yeah, so I, I want to go back to the uh, the more serious topic of self deletion and um, also like self isolation and kind of um, and and not liking who you are sober. I feel like these are these are these are harsh truths we have to deal with and without the that comfort blanket of course the comfort blanket being weed and um you know I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson lately uh for those of you who don't know um jo- who Jordan Peterson is he's very famous so uh, Canadian psychologist uh anyways he talks a lot about self-responsibility and I think what he would say is if you don't like who you are then you should well first it's it's are you gonna say change it if you don't like who you no are, well it. well <laughs> I I guess in a simple form yes but um yeah the, f- the first step is is realizing like yeah you don't like who you are because um, he has this whole thing of, um, uh, he, you know, the saying, um, you're perfect the way you are. And it's it's like, that's not helpful at all. And I think we should all, no matter where you're on life, you should uh, strive to do better, to be a better person. And I feel like that's, even if we feel like we're not making any progress or you feel like you, you, you don't like who you are sober. I, th- I feel like that's like, that is the, that is the first painful step. Um, because now, you know, you have to, to make that change. And, and right now I know, um, you know, I, I don't like, we'll just put it this way. I don't like where I am in life and getting high is not gonna, is not gonna change that. And, um, you know, getting sober is not necessarily going to change that either, but I feel like it is the, the first step, um, that first painful step. Um, yeah. Like going to the gym, like the first step is the hardest is like, 
is actually going there and and maybe what we don't want to admit to ourselves is it, it is the path to sobriety the path to a better life is is not this glamorous thing it's 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 maintenance it's monotony and um yeah through through delayed self-gratification i feel like that's um it's worth investing into because I feel like I'll be a, a better person on the other end. And, um, yeah. And, and I guess get to get back to the point of individual responsibility. Um, we, we, we took that first step and it's, it's still up to us to, to take the next step. Um, what that is, I don't know. Do you, do you know what the next step is cousin? I mean, the hierarchy of my steps it's a very dark hierarchy i'm not oh snap sorry <laughs> i'm not gonna name those hierarchy i'm not i'm not even gonna name it like i'm just thankful that you know you did come today like because honestly i'm gonna be so rip for real like if you didn't come here today i i probably wanna i probably would have took those doobies apart and made it into a, a little joint a sad sad joint so, yeah, I mean, you know, you talk like you, you touched on being a better person or having self-responsibility. But when I think about it, I like I, I don't know if I've ever really been responsible. I've just done whatever I've done what society has said I should do. And, you know, I I still don't like myself. Like, you know, you talk about unemployment and then I'm over here hyperemployed, I would say. <laughs> like too many jobs at one time. And you know, I have a house, I have my the cars I want. I have everything I want, but I still don't I don't like myself. I don't I I'm not happy. And I don't know what would make me happy. Like when I think of my life, yeah, I, I am I'm happy in the in my relationships and how I've dealt with things, but in totality, you know, I don't know if I'm a happy person. Like, I don't think I'm a happy person and I'm coming, you know, I'm, I'm having that, I'm coming to that moment where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy. And I don't know what happiness is when I think of that. Like that, that's a tough reality I'm facing right now. And it's really it, like, it's going to affect my sobriety. Like, when we talk about, you know, getting clean, I tell people, oh, you have to prepare for relapse. Is it such a bad thing if I relapse after 13 days? Like, yeah, that might destroy my psyche because, you know, I have developed good habits, like good habits within these short, like barely two weeks. I'm running. I'm eating right. I'm sleeping on time. But I feel like that's not enough and I'm not coping because I think I have separated myself from reality. Like, I okay, look, I stay up on TikTok sometimes at night and they talk about I look up, you know, dissociations or how to stay sober, or how to do these things. And it's all the same because, you know, I'll scroll down maybe to a month later and they are they've relapsed. Can I be okay? Like, that's that's the point I am right now at this journey. Can I be okay if I smoke later on today? Like, will this be for nothing? Because 
now that I look at it, like, look, 13, 13 days straight, like, that's a year a day when we think about how long I've smoked. A day is equivalent to a year. Like, time is dragging. It's getting slower. And maybe it's the seasonal depression. <laughs> maybe it was that time switch. But I don't know if I can carry on much longer being sober. Like, I even poured some wine out. And I'm not a person that drinks. Like, I... I feel like I'm just trading one vice for another and I don't want to turn my new healthy lifestyle as a vice because when this is all over, like when I'm done, when I'm, when I'm done trying to be 30 days sober, what, what's going to happen now? Like what's next? So we talked about, are you going to be sober after these 30 days? You know, I thought about that and I said, yeah, I'm going to continue going. But the reevaluation for today is I don't know. I'm not quite uh, I'm not quite sure either but I do know that it has time has been going by a little bit easier at the beginning the first week it was it was quite difficult and as the days progressed I find myself um being able to live sober comfortably and you bring up uh you know do you want to be sober after these 30 days I actually, I ideally would, and uh, I want to see how I um, I transform as um, as a result of it. You mentioned these people on TikTok that um, they kind of follow this pattern of of relapse after a couple months, and and you ask the question, um, would I be okay? Would my psyche be okay if I, I relapsed? And I think back um, in my life when I've, let's just say, maybe relapsed on a diet or ate something that I shouldn't have eaten or I've done something that I shouldn't have done, uh, to put it kind of vaguely. Um, I, I, I always feel 10 times shittier after I, you know, have that, you know, cheap meal, that Taco Bell meal, or I, uh, let's just say, indulge in um in a practice that i uh that i shouldn't i'm being pretty vague here but let's just say um yeah let's say let's call it let's call it being um the equivalent of being unfaithful to your partner let's just let's just put it that way uh you always feel just completely horrible and shitty after and i'd rather feel I'd rather not feel that I'd rather so that that kind of that consequence uh, is is what's keeping me sober is keeping me on track yeah I'm not gonna lie um when when my cousin uh, the host of this great podcast texted me that um that she wanted to smoke I was actually on my way here and yeah I was like hey just just wait for me to come just wait for me just just wait for, till I arrive and we could talk it out. And, you know, we jumped on the podcast as soon as we could just to, I feel like this is, it, it's a, this is an outlet for us. This is real. We're not sugarcoating anything. Um, yeah, we're not bullshitting. And yeah, it, it, this is, um, it's quite a, quite a difficult journey. If, if I had to ask myself, um, do, do I see myself, the you know relapsing today and how i would feel 
um, let's just say after this pod, we we hit up a dealer, we smoke, and we go to Waffle House. I've done that so many times. I know how exactly how I'm going to feel after, but the opposite isn't um, isn't necessarily true. I don't I don't really know how I'm going to feel um, after this podcast and I go home sober. I kind of um, I, I'm I'm pushing myself more and more to 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 be uncomfortable to to push that delayed gratification because um, it seems like that's that's where you find happiness is again I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson and he he talks about how our 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 neurochemistry is set up is designed in such a way that the pursuit of a goal is where where dopamine is released it's not necessarily attaining the goal right like that that pursuit of happiness kind of kind of deal so I'm I'm I guess I'm, you could say I'm chasing that. I think, you know what, I'm, I think I'm chasing a high. I think I, I'm chasing wanting to be high. Because I don't want to deal with things. That's the most adult way to put that. I don't want to deal with things. All right, so, okay, let's let's get real and let's, um, let's do a strong hypothetical. So let's suppose we stop the podcast here at half an hour and we we hit up your brother who definitely has a connection on weed, if not has weed on him himself. And we all smoke, roll up a fat blunt, and you smoke. Put your, like, truly try to put yourself in that mindset. How do you think it'll, it'll make you feel? I won't feel. Like, simple as that. Like, you won't feel. Because, at, we'll put it like time traveling. You're, you're going to travel into like a different dimension in in a sense that you're not in your reality because you know you're talking about goals maybe I jumped into this the wrong way wanting to be sober because you know there was one thing I heard and it was like wow that, that really stuck so I know I'm counting days but there was a guy he was having a conversation with another man and he goes are you counting the days just so you can brag about it until you relapse? Because, you know, those TikTok videos, once again, that I've been watching, I think about that when I watch them. And and I think about like, oh, they were counting their days. They made it to day seven, disappeared, come back a week later. Very like, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. I relapsed or I ended up smoking after making that video. Like, am I being truthful to myself right now? Do uh, And I don't know. I think I'm just struggling with being honest and truthful. I don't know if I always struggled with that. But right now, like, like, do I want to go back? And because, like, I'm thinking about smoking as lying to myself. And that's harsh on its own because no one really wants to lie to themselves. Like, people don't want to live like that. I, You know. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. That's a very interesting point uh, you bring up is smoking is lying to yourself. So conversely, do you think being sober is being like honest with yourself? That's the most truthful. Like that's the most honest way you can live because, you know, you're not you're not using anything to change your reality. Like if reality was such a linear thing, 
and you know you're just coming here and and you know using substances or whatever you do like you know there's more than substances that people use to cope and you know like being human we were able to twist our own realities you know how they go like oh there's so many point of views to things and if you don't like that point of view you can change it so i i'm terrified of the way like i don't feel like i'm having as much fun as i would if i was high and maybe that's what i'm chasing maybe i'm trying to chase being you know artificially happy because what is that weird quote like i hate quotes like this but it's always funny what is that? it goes uh something about like it's like you can't taste the sweet without the sour or some shit like that but what if my life is just sour through and through what if i do need help in the sense of like chemical <laughs> like when I talk about depression, I talk like when I talk about my depression, you know, I, I mentioned it was like a heavy, high, heavy, low. But some days it's just bleak, like the colors are not coloring. <laughs> the colors are dull as can be. And I've on those days, I just accept it. Like today, when I talk about almost breaking my sobriety, like I had a whole grinder full of keef. I was ready to smoke that. You know, and and it hurts when people say, oh, I'm so proud of you. You've made it so far. Why are you proud of me? Why didn't you tell me like, oh, I'm so disgusted with you that you do this to yourself? Like I went doing that for 13 years. No one ever said that to me. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, oh, you're so cool, Christina. Oh, I didn't know you can function like that. No one ever called me out when I had a bag full of weed. No one ever called me out when I was drug dealing. Like no one ever called me out. No one ever said, oh, I don't want to be friends with you. Like marijuana, I don't know, like when I talk about telling the truth, marijuana maybe like, you know, bent the reality for some people about me. Because when I say I struggle with liking myself, I've never liked myself. Like I have those diaries. So, you know, when I talk about unaliving myself, I don't mean it. But I think about it. So... Like, where am I now? Like, I I don't know where I'm at now. This is the most hurtful thing I've done to myself. When I think about my 13 years of usage, I don't think of that as a bad thing. Like, have I warped my mind so much that I'm not even in tune with my own psyche? And that's, I think I'm at that point where I'm just, I don't know. I don't know how to continue. Where I want to smoke so I can feel something to me, what is real because that was my reality for a very long time like right now I don't feel like I'm living my own life I feel like I'm an avatar I'm an avatar just chasing those days until I say oh I made it 23 days now I get to start over that shouldn't be a badge of like honor so like I'm not bashing cannabis or anything like I feel like I'm addicted to it and I feel like I need it. And that's a sad reality. So that's where I'm at right now. Am I am I doing this for the right things? Like, like even now when I'm thinking about that, am I, am I trying to get sober for the right things? Like, and I don't know, cousin, like, <laughs> that's a very, it's a very intense feeling that I'm, I'm going through right now. I feel like that's, that's a very insightful point. Am, am I trying to get sober for the right 
the right reasons. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to like pretend I get came up with this idea myself again, credit to Dr. Jordan Peterson. He says that he gets frustrated when people ask questions because uh, he, he states that almost everybody asks the question backwards. Almost everybody asks essentially the wrong question. Um, and I think you just asked the right question because uh, initially when we when we started this journey, you know, we would question ourselves like, can I make it 30 days of not smoking? And that's almost that's almost the wrong question entirely. Um, I think I think that was a more insightful question is, um, am I am I am I stopping my cannabis use for the right reasons? Or another question would be, have I given my what tools can I give myself to to be sober for 30 days or or more, or, or, or even even a better question, um, what tools can I arm myself so I don't have to, so that 30 days isn't even a goal, so that I could I could be sober. Um, and let me ask you this, cousin. Do you feel like the goal of your sober journey is to, is to one, actually be sober, stay sober, and number two, come to find who you are and like who you are? Is that, is that, can you say that's fair? So as per, like, I know I can stay sober for 30 days. I know I can do it. I just never really put myself there to where I wanted to do it. And now that I want to do it, everything that's telling me to do it is, I feel like it's a lie. Like, I know I didn't really answer your question. I tiptoed around that. <laughs> but I... I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And it's kind of tiring thinking about this. Like, I know I can do it. But why? Why is what's the point? Like, I, I, I missed. You know what I mean? I didn't even answer your question at all. No, it's OK. We're just getting thoughts out there. Um, you know, I don't know if this will ever come out, but the last podcast we did was I mean, the energy was quite, quite different. Um, you know, last podcast we did was, was very jokey. It's kind of a joyous one, but you know, today's is, is real. We're not sugarcoating anything again. We're, we're telling the truth. It's, um, and I, I really hope you do release that one kind cause it kind of shows the, the up and down, um, the extremes of, um, of going through this process. Um, I guess to speak personally, I do hope to remain sober after this and, and hopefully that facilitates a positive change. Um, just right now, just by, just by sitting here and doing this podcast with you, I feel like we're doing something more productive, more constructive, as little as it may be, as opposed to, again, giving into those kind of desires, those carnal desires of, of smoking and eating bad food or whatever it may be, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. And not to, not to pivot or change topics, but, um, you know, speaking about, uh, self-harm or self-deletion or unaliving yourself, I feel like everybody has that to an extent. The best I could think of is when you're, let's say you're on a bridge or like at the top of a building and you look over the edge, um, and you know, you, you, my, one of my favorite paintings, um, is, uh, is called Wanderer Above the Sea Fog. You can look it up. It's, um, yeah, it's one of my favorite kind of, um, 
paintings from the uh, the romantic era and i feel like everybody has that it's like a, a death drive or like a that that the death calling to them or whatever it may be um i don't know what it is in us that that kind of calls us into the void or you know when you look over a, a ledge that kind of like i think everybody um once everybody wants to jump yeah everybody wants to jump we just don't want to admit it yeah i mean like this this is real here that's the truth this is real we're not lying like everything i'm feeling is real but at the end of the day or at the at this point of the journey i don't want any of this to be real and it's right before the holidays so honestly if anyone's struggling i think you should go get help like getting help would help you that's a that's a stupid thing to say but if you are struggling more than what this is you should go get help someone someone will listen to you because i feel better now like i feel better saying these things yep i think i'm gonna end the podcast on this note well see you guys next time peace